Welcome to this edition of the Parent Pivot Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Cummings. And I'm Julia. Hey, I want to do something special today. Um, I want to do a little time travel with you. Are you ready for this? Yes. So 29 years ago this week, uh, something happened. And I think the rest of the world will remember the, the infamous O.J. Simpson thing where yes. he was in that white Bronco. Yes. That was on June 17th of 1990. <laughs> Four. Four. Yes. <laughs> and I remember you being pregnant. Very pregnant. Very pregnant. We had two boys. Yes. Which we've already had guests on the Parent Pivot podcast. And we were about ready to have the birth of our third child. Yes. And I remember that week very well. In fact, in a couple of days, our only daughter, Jamie Lynn Joy, will be celebrating her 29th birthday. Yes. She's our special guest today on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Jamie Lynn Joy, welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's me. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yes. Um, Jamie, I remember that video, that home yeah. video. Do you? Oh, of watching. Of, of yeah. Dad yeah. with the being like, O.J. Simpson and my pregnant wife. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Yes. It's on the VHS that's labeled Jamie Lynn 1994. There yes. we go. Yes. Um. Yeah, Jamie Lynn is our only girl. She is our princess. And at different times of her life, she has not liked to be called the princess. But she definitely is, and she knows she is. I remember playing in the front yard uh, at our house in Southern California, Orange County, and I was pitching to the boys. We were playing wiffle ball overhand. And then Jamie Lynn picked up the bat, and I (laughs) went to throw it underhand. She got so mad at me. She said, you throw it to me overhand. I'm like, okay. And I did, and she whacked it, just like the boys did. And and that just says a lot about who she is. Yes. (laughs) From that point on. It does. Yeah, so Jimmy Lynn, let's swing it to you and ask you the question. Tell us what life was like growing up in our home with three brothers and being the only girl. And I don't know, just kind of give us a synopsis of your Life story, I guess, a little bit. Oh, my your child. No, 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 your childhood. Oh, like childhood. Going Let's... there. Um, I love being the only girl. I know that there were some moments where I would cry and be like, "I want a sister," but now <laughs> I think, I think it's just part of who I am. I love all my brothers a lot. Um, but because I grew up with boys, I grew up very much a tomboy and hating. Dresses and bows <laughs> and frilly and I hate hated pink. Did hate she have Barbies? Purple. Did she have Barbies? I did play with Barbies. That's what I thought. That was like the one exception. But I also played Hot Wheels and That's... Cops and Robbers with my brothers. Yes, you did. So, yes. Yeah. Um, what else do you need to know? <laughs> uh, so, well, you told us that you loved all of that. Tell us, you know what, let's go into... How you became who you are today. So Jamie Lynn and her husband Taylor, who is not with us, um, they are actors. So she is a bit of a ham, as you heard right from the (laughs) get-go. And so why don't you talk a little bit about that and how you you got here, like doing that. Yeah. um, I think maybe it's because I was the only girl and I got special attention, and so I loved the attention. Who knows? But really, it's just because deep to my core, I'm a creative and a performer, yep. and so loved the dancing and singing as a young child, so these two put me in all the classes, all the dance classes and stuff, which I loved. We went to ballet classes, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that. We t- 
ballet and all kinds of different yeah. dances. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, just grew into doing like church plays and, uh, adding to my dance classes and all that jazz. There came a point where I gave it all up because of the perfectionist that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a younger brother who did acting and I was like, well, we can only have one actor in the family. So I stopped that. I had a best friend who did singing and I was like, she's much better than me. So I stopped that. Um, as I got to be 16, I had friends that were competing and doing high kick splits that I couldn't do. So I stopped that and it was just easier for me to quit. And, um, meanwhile, I grew a passion for missions Mm. and, um, pursued that wholeheartedly and went on a missions trip every year for like 10, 15 years straight. Talk (laughs) about that. Where'd you first get the, um, I'll call it the missions bug, you know? Well, I think you guys gave that to us when we went to Mexico and stuff and, and would build houses. Um, that was always really wonderful. And then... As we grew into junior higher, junior hires and high schoolers, they offered um, missions trips when like to the youth group, and I applied for those. I don't think I had any sort of like big heart then because missions came to me when I was in Ecuador at sixteen, and I had that um, really big moment with God um, where He broke my heart and. I saw all these kids that um, I was so blessed to grow up in a house to hear the name of Jesus and to learn about how much he loved me. And then I was around these kids trying to get them to learn the Bible story that I had planned. And they were, you know, ripping up Bibles and <laughs> screaming everywhere. And it broke my heart. And I mm-hmm. felt like the Lord was like, like, I, I love these kids so much. Like, will you tell them, mm-hmm. basically, and breaking my heart for mm-hmm. what breaks his um, so yeah, ever since 16, I just, I, I went ham with missions and, um, I'm turning 29 and Woo! I've been to 29 countries. 29. Yeah. So I got, yeah. I'm trying to get to 30 by 30. I oh, need to, I I need to find it. a mission strip. <laughs> okay. Um, ah. yeah. And, um, while I was on the mission field, I did the world race and that's where God broke my heart for Hollywood. And um, I was like, well, I'm not doing that because it's super egotistical and um, I'm a good Christian girl. So, I, like, what's celebrated in the Christian world is to go sacrifice. Right. And, like, oh, my gosh, she sold all her stuff so right. that she could raise money to right. go to um, these third world countries. Right. That's what's celebrated. But right. when I say, you know, I want to go serve the people of Hollywood, it's like, you know, I don't know. And so I just felt like, oh, well, me pursuing acting and performing, that's a very self-centered, egotistical thing to do. So um, I just put away that dream, but the Lord kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up and eventually broke my heart in the middle of Jamaica and was like, Jamie Lynn, you can, go, you can choose your life where you can go to a, you know, an unreached people group and over the course of your life, maybe 100 people come to know my name. And that will be great and I will honor it and I will um, I'll partner with you in it and it will be wonderful. But you could also go to you know, Hollywood in the way that I've created you in this creative performer you love singing you love dancing you love acting go do what I've created you to do and you could influence influencers who are influencing millions and millions of people come to know my name and I was like you sneaky mom (laughs) and so um, yeah after that I 
came home and God took me back out on the mission field. I met my husband there and he's got the same heart that I do and fell in love pretty fast, <laughs> got engaged in Spain and a year later we were married and now here we are three years after that. <laughs> yeah. And even though she's our, yeah. our third child, they were the, the fourth child to get married. Yes. And I remember that time frame uh, where I always tell people, I say, we got four married kids. The oldest has been married for 10 years. They got two grandkids. The next three <laughs> got married within five months of each other. And Jamie Lynn and Taylor got married in October. That's we when we officially the, became empty nesters. Yes. We were the grand finale. Yes, you were. Yes. And yep. that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple questions, though, just clarifying. So when you say a heart for Hollywood, you really mean like the whole industry. Yes. Not just the town of Hollywood, oh, yeah. really. Yeah. Just, I mean, we're here in Atlanta pursuing acting and... Um, and you know, we just love to actors, producers, singer, anyone that we can, you know, minister to is is our heart and stuff like that. And yeah, um, you guys been good at developing a good community too of other Christian friends who are also in acting. Yeah, lots of lots of actor friends. Yeah, got going on <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you because you know you make it sound like it was all seamless this whole thing. I mean, that's the. That's the, was the, that That's was a thirty thousand note version, yes. yes. Yes, but we can dive into all the. So things. I want to take you back to, you know, before two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. which was um, when she won the world race. Yes, yeah, she left for the world race in two thousand eighteen. Tell us a bit about what had been happening the couple of years before that. Um. Well, my parents up and left me and went to Portland. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> They followed God's call, and it took me a while to um, to get on board with that. But um, I'd say that when there are moments where you're having issues with your earthly parents, sometimes your relationship with your Heavenly Father can get clouded. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was like, oh, yeah, they're following the Lord's call and mm-hmm. going to Portland, um really what I was dealing with was feeling deserted. Um, and I had a giant faith crisis where I, you know, screamed at the heavens and said, I no longer believe in you. And feeling the Lord's voice back to me saying, good, because the God that you believed in is not the God that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, which started my own journey of, okay, what is my faith? And like faith crisis and stuff like that. But that also came with distancing my parents and being angry at them and them feeling helpless, which was a really fun time. <laughs> and I super was, fun. And I was living with my older brother, who was also at the time having difficult relationships. Let me clarify for our listeners. So we were in Orange County. Yes. I got a job to move up to Portland. We decided to go up there. We were living in Julia's childhood home, and our married son lived down the street. But Campbell. Jamie, Lynn, and Jack, we, we, they're three adults. We left them uh, living in that house by themselves while we moved up to Portland. Mm-hmm. And being the pivoting parent to partners that we <laughs> were attempting to do, we're like, they're, they're adults. They should be able to figure this out. And the three of them should be able to just live happily ever after while mom and dad are in Portland. Yeah. So that's the scenario, everybody. We just want to let yes. you know. And that, that lasted, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and so I'm living as an adult by myself for the first time with my older brother. 
And um, I think what I had realized is that I had put my foundation of faith on my parents. Mm. And so when they left, um, which was a good thing, it all ended up being good. It was just hard to get through. Um, When they left, it felt like the foundation under my feet just like swept away. And so I felt like I was sitting in a rubble of my faith had like come crashing down and because I was like leaning on them for everything and um well if we're gonna get real and talk about struggles with being an adult and being adult parents um <laughs> parents of adults parents of the children. yeah there there was um oh a season where it was really like I just didn't want to be around you guys at all um, mostly because you wanted, you want your children to follow the Lord. That was a desire of your heart. So to see a child walk away from the Lord for a period of time can feel absolutely heartbreaking. And it was a learning curve for you guys too, because what I had felt at the time was that if I wasn't walking with the Lord in this perfect Christian girl, which I had worked my entire life to yes. to be that perfect yes. Christian girl. Um, if I wasn't that, it felt like I was a like a, a gold star on your lapel that had like fallen off and it was like your job to make sure that she got back to being her perfect Christian girl. And this is not what you were doing. Right. You're just, you know, you're trying to figure out how to partner with me and right. how to, how to parent me because I was still like 18, 19 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and, um, and the way that dad likes to love yes. is to fix, yes. <laughs> which to all dads True. out there, True stop story. doing that. <laughs> we, no, we, we men try to fix everything because we're in our heads and, and we don't know how to validate feelings and just be there for our wives and our kids and everybody else. So, but I feel like guilt. everyone struggles with that. Yes. Like even wanna... I struggle with that with my own husband. It's hard to see the people that you love suffer. Yeah. You want to do something yep. and like I am more like my dad than I am my mom which we are doers mm-hmm. and so when someone that you love mm-hmm. is struggling mm-hmm. all you want to do is do something yes very true so how that comes out in Steve is <laughs> is ah this bible verse let me send it to you oh I found this book yes oh there's this true. podcast oh there's this you know whatever and guess where I learned that from your dad there you go (laughs) (laughs) and so um but to someone who was struggling with faith and not knowing how to stand on her own um it it felt like um i'm not fitting into the box that they want and um and um i'm not good enough or something like that that was a lie that was being told and it was really just like you trying to figure out how to one of the analogies that I love that someone gave me is like when someone that you love is struggling with depression or whatever kind of struggle this is, because we'll get to my depression in a second. But when someone you love is struggling and all you want to do is fix, mm-hmm. picture Jesus, um, who I believe like um, in the story of the um, the crippled man that he mm-hmm. healed and yep. something. Yeah, I picture him coming and laying next to him on his mat one of the questions that jesus asks in that um story is do you want to get well right and of course someone who's been crippled for 38 years i think at that point 
that sounds like a very dumb question. Right. Like, of course, Jesus. Yes, I right. want to get well. Right. But what Jesus is asking is like, hey, if I heal you right now, you have to be a member of society. You have to get a job. You have, you know, you won't have people providing for you money and food or all these different things that come with being a crippled in that time period. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus is asking is like, are you are you ready to get up and and be? And um, and that's a a great thing for people or for parents too who have children that are struggling. Mm-hmm is that the best thing that I can do is that you can do is grab a mat, lay down next to them mm-hmm. and allow them to struggle, mm-hmm. let them struggle, let go. And then after a certain point being like, do you want, do you want to get well? Because that was, that was a question that we eventually got to. Um, because every loving person for anyone who's struggling with something to just be with them is the best thing that you can do. Just know and like choosing the relationship and choosing love. But then also there comes a point where it's like, okay, I love you more than to just sit here with you. Mm-hmm. And so starting that conversation of do you, do you want to get well? Like what is you know? Right. Okay, it's time it's time to get up, and I'm here to be your hand to do that. But it's not like I'm not coming to your mat and saying. Hey, I bought you shoes, and hey, I bought you this, and you know, so now you can stand, and now you, right. you know, right? Yeah, but um, just so you know, Jamie Lynn has a gift of teaching as well, so you're getting a, <laughs> a good glimpse of that as well. Yes, and we've told our yes. audience, Jamie Lynn, so you know, we said learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yes. So we are not experts, but uh, as you're hearing, you're hearing yeah. uh, me saying, "Yep, I didn't do it right back then." So, so learn from that. Well, and I, I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast when you interviewed the house church. Yeah. But um, during this time where I was having that faith crisis and like all these things were being thrown at me and I felt like I was being trying to be fixed or whatever mm-hmm. and I just wanted to run away, mm-hmm. which is when what I ended up doing because I was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. And I did. I drove all the way to Hollywood <laughs> and I freaked out and I went atop this hill called on Mulholland Drive and that's where I screamed at God and said, I no longer believe in you. And he's like, good, because the God you, be- you believed in is not the God that I am. And that started that journey or whatever. So this is all during that time period. And I remember you guys were coming for a visit from Portland. And I think there was just this breaking point for Dad where you wrote me a letter. Have we talked about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wrote me a letter. And I'm pretty sure I still have the letter. And it was it a, I feel like, the first step of me healing my relationship with you because in that letter you never mentioned God because what I was struggling with at that point was who he was and if he was loving and if he was real and all these different things so in that letter it was just I love you and I'm your dad and I'm here and I couldn't even tell you the words that you put in there but I remember like searching for okay when is he going to bible phone me when is he going to like bring up a Bible verse or mention God or whatever, but you didn't mention him at all, which is really hard for you because you ooze out Jesus. And so, so I got it right. So you got it right eventually, <laughs> but it took some time. Probably 20 years. And then I followed you. And we went to and I went to Portland. Yes. Mostly because I got free tuition in yes. college. <laughs> but also the college that Help, helps for dad to be an employee at a yes. Christian college. When the president says you get ninety percent off tuition, I go, How many toilets do I need to clean? <laughs> <laughs> I got two kids that need a college degree. Yes, yeah, so me and my little brother, Jackson, 
um, followed y'all to Portland, and that was a journey for all four of us because yes. at one point or another, each of us struggled with yes. depression. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, can we stop and let Jamie Lynn do a little commercial and then we can dive into that. Is she going to sing and dance to me? No, a commercial for like her YouTube channel and blah, blah, blah. Oh, you want me to do a plug? Well, yeah. we do. We do plugs we plug ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. So let's do a commercial for Jamie Lynn and the things that she's doing. If you want to tell people. Point, the point them to where they can see stuff of you and. Yeah, so we're asking, we'll we're be asking. right back after these messages. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Jamie Lynn Joy. I am an actor living in Atlanta, Georgia, and you can find all my content in so many different places. First of all, there's Instagram. Lots of fun little videos. Yes. At Hey, it's Jamie Lynn Joy. Although my parents were hippies and didn't want to do Jamie Lynn like how you would normally see it. <laughs> It looks like Jamelin. They wanted to be unique, and I appreciate that for them. So, it's hey, it's Jamelin Joy. That's my handle Do you everywhere. want to spell your name for them? J-A-M-I-L-Y-N-J-O-Y. There you go. And I also have a YouTube channel. Um, just Google that name that I just spelled for you, and you'll find lots of fun... There's some content. hysterical stuff on there. I, yeah. I go back and watch stuff all the time. Yeah. My goal for that YouTube channel is um, joyful entertainment and encouragement. Amen. And yes. to do stuff that's just going to make you laugh. Or um, I sometimes I'm just real and honest and vulnerable. And hopefully I'm encouraging you somehow. Yeah. That's what I want my life to be about. So you'll find that on my content. Amen. Cool. Is there anything else? Um, I have also a very hilarious husband named Taylor Upchurch. He's tagged go. in lots of my stuff, so check <laughs> him out as well. Yes, Terry the Tester. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, point Jamie Lynn too, because this will take a, a little while to explain. But while you were going, do we need to end our commercial? Oh, is the commercial still going on? I'm sorry. No, I I was just wanted to mention one more thing with I'm the sorry. commercial with her YouTube channel. Is make sure you look, you watch the father daughter dance from her wedding. Oh, very, yes. very important. And we're still waiting for that to go viral. We and need it to go viral. Go it'll find happen out. down the line when yes. I am a well known actress <laughs> on Jimmy Fallon. And there I'm going to say, Jimmy, Jimmy, I need you to plug my father daughter dance for my dad. We worked so we hard worked, at that. We did rehearsals. It's like a seven, eight minute long dance where we do yes. a dance battle of the. Of the generations, it's really fun. Very and the, fun. And the crowd went nuts and they loved it. The other yeah. thing, too, about that wedding, and this goes to who Jamie Lynn is, is I remember at the rehearsal dinner, or at, uh, I told Matt, the minister, I said, Hey, Matt, when you ask me the question, who gives this woman to this man? I go, I need you to hand me the mic. And he looked at me like, he goes, does Jamie Lynn know about this? I said, yeah, it was her idea. He's like, okay. <laughs> so wedding day comes, and walking her up to the aisle, and he asked me that question. I said, Matt, need you to hand me the mic? And he does. And of course, I had everybody sit down. And I looked Taylor in the eye, and you and I had, obviously, this was the other thing we were in cahoots about. And I said, Taylor, I said, Jamie Lynn has been, by that time, I want to say, was it five continents, mm-hmm. 28 countries. She knows a, a, a stolen base from a touchdown to a slam dunk. You don't have to tell her. You wouldn't even have to talk her into turning on ESPN. She'll probably turn on herself. And you're just... <laughs> I mean, I just went on and on and on, and I finally looked at him and said, do you really understand what you're getting here today? <laughs> um, so we had fun with that, but I'm sorry. Where I was going to go, okay. we were talking. And thank you for joining us for this commercial. <laughs> now back to your messaging. 
And we just roll. Um, <laughs> where I wanted to go is we're back in Portland. Yes. Jamie Lynn is having a crisis of faith. Yeah. Um, going through depression. And Chick-fil-A comes into play. And so does a, a person named Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, where are we going with <laughs> Tell this? that story. And then even later on. What later, what happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is amazing. Um, what God does. So, um, I went to Portland, like, with a little bit of hope. Um hoping that like you know all my crisis of faith I was in a better place but still like I have lots of questions and I knew I was gonna get a bunch of theology classes and have a lot of questions and it was a very formative time but it also certain events happened that I spiraled into a deep depression to the point where it was um, suicidal Um, don't worry guys I am good so I know that this story is sad but um, I've got um, a tattoo on my fingers that show that I'm, I'm here and I'm thankful to have gotten through that. But during that time, um, I worked at Chick-fil-A. I was the manager there. I loved my job. Shout out to any of those people. Um, but due to my depression, um, after every shift, I would just get so sad and so... Uh, like I couldn't my mental health couldn't take it and so um I in my dark thoughts would have a plan that was I'm just gonna drive my car off a cliff or I'm gonna drive it into um, you know 100 miles per hour into a pole like that's how that was my like because I always got like at my worst driving home from work so it had nothing to do with Chick-fil-A or the people or anything. Like this was just the situation that was happening. But I would have my break at Chick-fil-A. Um, and um, you get like 30 minutes where I can sit in the office and like watch funny videos or whatever. And um, Ellen DeGeneres and Jimmy Fallon were people that um, always had funny videos for me. Because I was in the darkest time of my life and I was like, I'm going to make myself feel better by watching this. And in that break, I would not be able to finish my videos. Um, I saw that Ellen DeGeneres did a game with with Jennifer Lawrence, and I want to go watch it. Or, you know, oh my gosh, Jimmy Fallon did Box of Lies with Taylor Swift, you know? So as I'm in my, like, darkest moments driving home from work and have plans in my head that this is just going to be it, I have a moment where I'm thinking, oh, I didn't get to finish that video. I really want to watch that. And it would get me home. Like night after night after night after night. I made it home because of the entertainment and the joy that, I'm going to start crying, Ellen DeGeneres and Jimmy Fallon um, gave. Mm. Which is really cool because fast forward to 2021. Yes. Um, my husband surprised me with tickets to Ellen DeGeneres' show. Yes. Her last season. And... Um, I remember flying. We were flying uh, and stuff. I said, Lord, wouldn't it be cool if Jamie Lynn can tell the story to Ellen? Yeah. I remember praying specifically for that. Yeah. So I did. Um, at, you know, in between, like, while they're, like, resetting things, um, Ellen takes questions from the audience, and I just, my, my hand went so fast up into the air, and someone picked me, and I just ran up. And I did have a question eventually for her, but I shared this and I said, like, I am alive because of 
the joy that you've put into the world. And she was so overcome with emotion. And she came and got off of her stage and came and gave me a hug. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. She whispered something in your ear. Yeah, she did. She said, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. So Mama's crying over here on my left. (laughs) My daughter's crying over here across from me. Yeah. So I do have plans to also tell Jimmy Fallon one day. Um, Hopefully it'll be when I'm a guest on his show promoting a hotshot movie. And you heard it here first on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Stay tuned for that. (laughs) Yeah. But... um, yeah, the, the depression stage is really hard for you guys. You should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the depression stage was really hard. Um, there was always the moments of, um, and to be honest to a degree, we're not going to tell details of our whole story, but things with Steve and I weren't good at this point either. And so moving up to Oregon for all of us, like Jamie Lynn said, was really, really difficult, and we all suffered greatly during that period of time and so things weren't good between us and there was always those moments of with Jamie Lynn she felt fragile and what do we tell her what don't we tell her what does she need to know what doesn't she need to know and um and then just trying to do the best we knew how um I do remember I'm a big proponent of um well, a big believer, should I say, in things that we can't see. Mm. And I do believe that Satan is at work all around Mm -hmm. us, that there are demonic forces working on us. And um, so I remember one night I was really big on just praying over Jamie Lynn. And I, uh, what are the, what's that music called? The, um, the music that where they put scripture on with yeah I was words. gonna say I remember you putting scripture like yeah. on a speaker in my room yeah <laughs> and Jamie Lynn was getting mad at me and she's like mom that's just stupid um but I played scripture music in her room just to cast out demons honestly and um you're talking about the, in her room when she was in college yeah yes. yeah like, gotcha. yeah and um we also had a fast day where I contacted a bunch of my friends and told them the crisis she was in and asked them to please, this particular day, could you please fast for her and, and pray for her? And I had a group of about 10 people that did that for her. Um, Which, at that moment, I remember you telling me that at some point, and I remember laughing and being yeah. like, that is the stupidest thing. Like, yeah. th- that is not going to work. But then, like, two years down the line, I remember, like, hugging you and being like, thank you for that because those prayers are now, like, I'm, yeah. they're being fulfilled now. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then the other piece, and this is something that we have talked about several times on our podcast, is when your child's in a bad place, hmm. don't just tell them what to do. And it's kind of like what Jamie Lynn said, but be with that child. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that we decided that she needed was to be in the sunshine of California for the summer. Mm -hmm. And I went down there with her for that summer. And we lived in the same house with my mom. And we did a few months together there and just coping and crying together at times and different things. And so, yeah. I quit my job and move in with grandma. Took my emotional support animal. Yeah. 
took my dog <laughs> with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was healing. It was a good, it was a good summer. And then yeah, I uh, saw, got healing at training camp uh, right before I went back on the mission field. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is an interesting story too about that is why in the midst of all of this, did you decide to still go on a mission trip? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it would have been really easy to say, I'm done. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But you stuck I to mean, it. I mean, I had reached a point where, like, at, at Multnomah, in college, in classes, where I was, like, still reaching these people. And, like, I'd reached a point where I was, like, I have a foundation that I'm standing on. Like, there's, it's no longer rubble. I still have so many questions. But I know God's good, and I know he loves me. And I, you know, I, like, I had the basics and that was enough. And then I reached this point where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm graduating soon. What am I going to do with my life? <laughs> so I looked at programs and, um, you know, I'd like to think that it was like the fear of not knowing what to do after you graduate <laughs> college, but it was also just totally God um, because that eventually led to so many wonderful things and meeting my husband. All, all One of my fondest memories is I remember we packed up that truck. <laughs> And we got the heck out of it. We said, get the heck out of Dodge. Literally yeah. on New Year's Day of January 1st of 2018. And, and you and Jamie Lynn uh, drove my car. And I drove the moving truck towing your car. And we drove across country. That's <laughs> a fun road trip. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fun road trip. And, and the videos that Jamie Lynn would do about you and semi-trucks <laughs> in Atlanta and, oh. and things like that. We, it was a fun trip. But when we literally got to Atlanta, we threw our stuff in storage. And Jamie Lynn was going to be going through um, launch Mm-hmm. Uh, for the world race so we went down to the hotel by the airport and uh, spent like a day or so there and said goodbye to her and she was gone for the next 11 months uh, on the on the world race and yeah. I will say this we've said this before uh, on other podcasts but when you're pivoting from that parent to partner and your kids your adult children are now you know they're not necessarily your peers because obviously we're not the same age but they're adults and I have learned more now dad's going to cry. <laughs> I've learned more about Jesus and the Holy Spirit from this young woman across the table from me um, than they ever taught me in seminary. She came home so full of um, joy because she brings joy to everybody um, and just taught us, taught both of us, mm-hmm. but taught me about dad we're gonna do we're gonna start a church a host church here. i'm like going okay and it's still going three years later mm-hmm. and i go well so what are we gonna do each monday night it's like no 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 we don't plan what do you what do you mean we don't plan we're just gonna let the holy spirit decide we're gonna sail okay <laughs> i don't know what that looks like but i'm you know and i'm and i'm still i still learn i watch these 20 30 somethings just uh, thrive and and they, they they feel God's presence and we worship and we have a great time and it's brought me greater depth of understanding Jesus and we, we major on God Jesus and the Bible in North America but my daughter and her husband and my other son Jackson and his wife they've taught me more about the Holy Spirit than I ever learned in four years of seminary hmm. so which kind of segues into the last thing that I would love to mention is like story wise yeah. for the three of us and like our parent partnership pivots <laughs> <laughs> um, is um, feminism. Mm, mm. Yeah. Because when I went through my depression and my faith crisis, a lot of what came up was a lot of angry feminism. 
and like um and as the only daughter mm-hmm. in a family of boys like little things growing up where you taught Wesley and Campbell how to mow the lawn okay. and started teaching Jackson and I was like whoa <laughs> why am I not getting taught goes back to pitching underhand yes, to her <laughs> or the wiffle ball incident different things like that but um I believe one of our biggest fights ever was when we were in Portland and it was about women teaching in the church and as me going through this just fragile as mom mm-hmm. said mm-hmm thing where um a lot of my questions had to do with role of women and all these different things um there was like a a big fight that was us disagreeing on the role of women teaching in church and when you say us you and me you or, and me yeah, yeah yeah do you remember this i do i i've i've got i've gotten better yes well <laughs> and that's and that's why i wanted to talk about it is like what um what ended up having to happen for me was this was such a heart-wrenching issue because I remember at the, at the worst part of it, um, I said, like I remember, I think we were both sitting on the ground in the kitchen or something like that. And I remember being like, Dad, growing up, like you always said, Jamie Lynn, you can be anything you want to be. If you want to be an astronaut, if you want to be a musician, <laughs> if you want to be any of those different things. But yet here you are saying, oh, but because you're a woman, you can't preach in church. Like, do you know how that feels? And I remember that. you that, sure I said that? I said that. Oh, you said that. That's me saying, hey, you told me I could be anything, but now here you are saying, you can't be this just because I'm a woman and different things like that. I mean, really struggling and me getting to a point of just like anger and like clenched fists and like, I have to get him to see this. I have to get him to like be a feminist with me. And um, I don't remember who it was that I was talking to. Um, it might have been actually my theology professor, Dr. Harper. I was just going to say, you need to do a shout out for Brad yes. because he was so instrumental he was, he for was you. He was a huge instrumental. And for Jackson as yeah, well, I think. person that would, that would listen to me during all of my different struggles. And he was the first person in theology class that was preaching on yeah women should be doing this and this and this and I remember sobbing in the back of his class being like this is the first time I'm hearing this but anyways he um, wrote an awesome book with his son where they disagree space at the table it's called space at the table where they disagree on pretty big issues in a theologian's life and his gay son's life and um, I learned from that book that they chose relationship over being right yes, yes. and stuff. And I remember getting to this point where I was like so angry and so frustrated because it's such a big part of yes. who I am, woman empowerment, yes. you know, all that kind of stuff. And you weren't getting it. But also I had to know you were, you know, 60 years of believing one way and yes. and and the brain paths in your in your in your brain the neural pathways neural pathways thank you i was in my 50s but that's okay. 50s sorry sorry um thinking one way for a long time i had to yes. be like you know like i have to give him the benefit of the doubt and i decided that i would rather have a relationship with my dad than be right and like force something down his throat that you know or like just br- break relationship I, w- I would rather have relationship rather than break it over this or whatever so i decided kind of after that big fight that I wasn't going to bring it up, mm-hmm. you know, that there were lots of moments when it, it came up in conversations about politics or Hillary Clinton running for president or like whatever would I, I would hear things and I decided to hold my tongue and, um, and then just be like, 
okay, Lord, like, this is, his heart is yours, and I'm gonna just love him where he's at. And what's amazing by the miracle of God (laughs) is that eventually my dad was giving me books on the role of women in the church and talking in the house church about how women should be this, that, and the other, and saying to my boyfriend at the time, you cannot propose to my daughter unless you read this book that's on the role of women. Guardian Angel by Skip Moen. Yeah. And I uh, just in knowing from from where we came from back then to where we are now, um, I'd say the reason I wanted to share this story was... um, to the adult child that's, that might be listening to this. That's like you and your parents, when you grow up to be um, an adult and think for yourself, who may be having, you know, the frustration of, you know, I've got different political views than my parents or different biblical theological views or just views about, you know, how sexuality. to make sexuality or how to make the pasta at Thanksgiving, whatever it is. <laughs> um a lot of your sometimes your choices have to be to choose the relationship over being right because mm-hmm. they, they yeah but also you have to let go and be like okay god like yes if, if this is yes just you use me if if this is something that's important and for us it, it was for mm-hmm. that at least that's yeah. one of our major tenets for the podcast is we you want to be in relationship or being right hey and also too as you were talking all about Dr. Brad Harper. Um, shout out to another Multnomah faculty member, Dr. Greg Birch, mm-hmm. listens to this podcast. Oh my gosh. So hi, Dr. Birch. You can say hi to him <laughs> um, and hopefully he'll bring it to Dr. Harper's attention and maybe he's listening to this too. Who knows? But yeah. uh, hi to our faculty friends up there at Multnomah University. We miss a lot of you guys. Yeah. Fun memories and stuff. So it was a hard time, but it was a great time and God's used it for, for his glory. Yeah. What else? Anything else? No, I, um, you know, for those of you out there, one thing I want to say as we're talking about these different issues is people are going to listen to us and not agree with certain things that we say or certain things that somebody we interview says or things like that. My, I would encourage you to not let that stop you from listening because this principles, no mm. matter how you believe or fall on something like feminism or women teaching uh, or the church, politics yeah. or you know anything like that, no matter where you fall on that, we are all struggling with the same thing of how do we do life with our adult children, especially when we think differently. And um, Jim Burns talked about that when we interviewed him. Yeah, and, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, it, it, it aired and stuff. So we're grateful for that. But uh, there are a lot of things that I think you and I differ right now on different yep. things that we just kind of don't talk about. But we have great... not. It's not sweeping under the rug. It's just no. choosing relationship over. Yep. 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 Being right. And since she's the only child of ours in the state of Georgia, she gets a lot of perks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We got to go to Savannah Bananas. We went to Savannah Banana game. My brothers don't get that. Ha, boys. I know you're listening to this. Suck it. Oh, uh, Jamie Lynn, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast. Um, she brings joy not only to this family, to her husband, 
to uh, everybody. Uh, she's got go go to her YouTube channel. Go go to YouTube and and just do a search for Jamie Lynn Joy and subscribe to her her uh, uh, YouTube channel and have some good laughs. Smash laugh. that like button. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And you want to get a hold of us? You get a hold of us at parentpivotpodcast at gmail com. And also our websites are meadowbrookcounselingga.com and you can get a hold of me at bringingkingdom.org and things but um, and they're also on Instagram at oh. Parent Pivot Podcast. <laughs> there, there we go so, yeah we're talking to our social media director yes. for the Parent Pivot Podcast and on Facebook um, you know we would love it if you would take uh, and share a link on your Facebook or on your Instagram and let people know about this podcast we have been going around we were at a fair yesterday in Marietta um, and people didn't know about this. Ago. This is great because um, there isn't very much content out there for parents of adult children, nor is there any type of help to saying, hey, we've got to shift how we do quote-unquote parenting when your kids become adults. So we would love it if you would share this on your f- Facebook um, feed, your Instagram feed, um, do a review, rate it. Um, we still have some... And comment different topics or problems that you're having with yes. your adult child. Yes, we Please. need to know. Yes, we need and to know. These two will just fumble through it and try and give their best advice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fumbling is our middle name. We come with a lot of love and experience, um, but we're, we, we come out of relationship. And uh, hopefully we can help you learn to love your adult children better and uh, how to be in relationship with them. And as Jim says, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. So Absolutely. Jamie Lynn Joy, thanks for being on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve and Julia. It's been (laughs) quite a pleasure.